Local stories are stories of God's grace at work in the lives of those who are a part of local church St. Pete. We want to highlight his activity and celebrate his grace. Enjoy this story. Good morning, local church. So good to be with you all this morning, uh, in person and virtual. Um, So this morning I get to share a little of my story of a small fellow walking with a big God. I grew up in a wonderful church and a loving Christian family. It's actually with me today here in the back. Um, And because of the clear mark of God's God's love on the lives of the people surrounding me, I believed in the gospel at an early age and became a Christian at the age of eight. For those of you who are visiting us this morning, um, you might be curious, what is this gospel that these Christians keep talking about? It is a narrative, a true story, that transforms Christians' lives and causes us to recognize Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Eight-year-old me would have summarized this true story with five little fingers. Jesus died for my sins. That is not a wrong summary of the gospel. Humans are indeed sinful, a word that means rebellious against a holy God who created us to worship him. And because God is just yet merciful, he sent his only son to us in order to take the father's punishment on himself so that we could return relationally to God. But there was a key part of my eight-year-old's understanding of the gospel that was incomplete. Yes, the gospel does say Jesus died for my sins, but the gospel does not, is not ultimately for me. When we Christians have an incomplete view of the gospel narrative, that tends to cause an incomplete view of our own narratives, our own lives. I went through my late childhood and teen years thinking that the whole point of the gospel of Jesus' sacrifice was for my own benefit. I received God's love gratefully and sought to get to know him better, but I ultimately lived for myself. Every decision I made with my time, energy, and thoughts was filtered first through what would most benefit me. Because hadn't God brought me in a relationship with him so that I may be fulfilled? This view of life is quite small. Although I still sought to please God and know him truly, my thoughts and actions increasingly turned inwards towards myself. Like a hall of carnival mirrors, my view of teenage life, with all its social stressors, academic pressures, and looming specters of adulthood, became distorted. I struggled with pathological anxiety, deep depression, and eventually constant suicidal thoughts. Every activity, every day, felt empty when my life was centered on me. The crushing nihilism began to consume me throughout high school until one night my suicidal thoughts almost turned to action and I finally went to my parents for help, scared. Through countless conversations with them, lessons from God's word, and a summer music camp that put me in contact with Christian artists making music for God's glory, the Lord gradually adjusted my perspective of the gospel and of life. There was no one moment where God took away my depression and I suddenly saw the gospel clearly. Sometimes he works in poof and sometimes he works in process. And for me, my journey out of suicidal depression back to Christ was a process. But throughout that process, there were two key things that God changed about my understanding of his gospel and my view of life. One, we are created for worship of a person bigger than ourselves. Meaning is not found in a life orbiting a little man, but a life orbiting a big God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. God showed me that because we are created for worship, Jesus' death on the cross was ultimately about bringing us back to worshiping God. Two, 
Jesus gets more glory by displaying his love and mercy for us by sacrificing himself and inviting us back to relationship with him. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yes, our greatest joy as humans is found at the foot of God's throne. But our joy itself is empty if it does not spring from an eternal, deathless, transcendent person, God himself. Revelations 21, 3 through 5 says, um, Sorry. <laughs> and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. So the gospel made my life new at eight years old by causing me to repent of my rebellion against God and to return to loving relationship with him. But the gospel transformed my life again as I neared the end of high school, because God showed me the whole point of Jesus' sacrifice was not just my own happiness. Jesus' sacrifice and resurrection was to display his awesome love, power, and holiness. Like a telescope revealing a galaxy that was once obscured by a polluted sky, Jesus used the cross to wipe away our sin and magnify his wondrous glory. This changed the way I lived because if the gospel was ultimately about showing God's greatest glory, my, my life's purpose is also to show God's greatest glory. I'm still in process. I still struggle with mood disorder and all my attempts to center my work, play, and relationships around showing God's greatness are flawed. But that's okay. I know my flawed attempts at worship are not empty because Jesus died for my sins that he may be glorified. Thank you very much. <laughs>